Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. One of the other, one of the other aspects to this, uh, uh, to the fallout and to the fight over the Speaker of the House uh, that now Kevin McCarthy is out. You know, there's a secret list as to who would assume the responsibilities as the Speaker of the House. Uh, that it goes back to 9/11, and they put in place this this mechanism in case something were to happen to the Speaker. Uh, and so they have this list, and apparently our own uh, North Carolina Congressman. Patrick McHenry was the name first on that list as the one to assume the position of interim speaker. And so now that McCarthy got ousted, now we find out who was you know number one on the list, and it is Patrick McHenry. So now he is the interim speaker. And I'm just pointing this out that I, I had him booked on the program, and then a whole bunch of stuff started happening, so he had to cancel, and now he's interim speaker. Now, whether or not that's a good or bad thing for him, that's up to him to determine. But I, I, I want to, I mean, I just want to throw it out there that it's possible that his cancellation caused this. I mean, otherwise, that's a heck of a coincidence, right? I mean, no, but yeah, I mean, it could be, maybe. I've got Congressman Dan Bishop coming on at one o'clock today in the second hour of the program. I mean, God only knows what happens if he. <laughs> no, no, McHenry had to. Uh, McHenry had to. Uh, he had to postpone it, and we and we're working to set him up again. But um, because of all of the stuff that was going on, I'm just kidding. Like that obviously had nothing to do with it that I know of. Uh, so one uh, one o'clock, we'll talk with Dan Bishop about his thoughts on all of this. We mentioned he was not in support of the. Motion to vacate the chair yesterday to, to oust Kevin McCarthy. But I've done a lot of reading on this stuff. And I think um, the way this is going to shake out is uh, everybody's previous opinions will be uh, will be corroborated by the evidence that they see. And nobody's opinion will change. I think that is going to be what happens out of this. I'm out on a limb here. I know it, but I feel like it needs to be said. So my question is kind of like, well, what now? Was there another, was there a backup plan? I hear Steve Scalise wants the gig. I thought people liked Steve Scalise in the Republican conference. Um, and, And just as a side note here, Republicans call their group, all the Republicans, they call it a conference. The Democratic Party calls their group uh, a caucus. So caucus and conference, same thing. It's just, you know, the group of the people in the party. So the GOP conference. And uh, I don't, you know, Scalise, I thought was popular in the GOP conference. No idea if that's still the case. Um, Jim Jordan also says he's interested in becoming Speaker of the House. Uh, is, I thought he was pretty popular in the conference as well. Is that still the case? No idea. Who's the rhino? 
who's non-rhino, who's the populist, who's the MAGA, who's the, the grassroots. No idea on who any of that, because apparently now, I mean, I'm going to ask Dan when he comes on, um, is he a rhino now? Because he didn't join with the Democrats. Does that make him the rhino? It's very, it's a very chaotic times we live in. All right, we're going to go over here to Ralph. Hello, Ralph. Welcome to the show. Hey, Pete. Hey. You know, uh, I, I shed no tears that Kevin McCarthy's is gone and everything. I, I kind of agree with Brett Winneville on everything. We don't need anybody from California dictating to America the policies that that come out of that state. And uh, I, I'd like to see Jim Jordan get it. I, I believe he would uh, do well. So merely being from California precludes you from being Speaker of the House? Well, no. You look at all uh, all of the people, Feinstein, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, Reagan, Kevin Newsom, and all, all them. Uh, I mean, they're just way out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're in a total different uh, Pelosi. They're in a total different universe. And I realize once you get in the Beltway and start making millions of dollars off of inside trading and everything like that, then, you know, uh, you can have some really, really psychedelic views on what should be uh, happening in America. And I just, you know, they, in my opinion, that's just my opinion, uh, I, I have no confidence in their leadership to lead. Okay, so, and you think Jim Jordan, uh, you said you, you you like him, and I like Jim Jordan, too. Um, so you think he's going to be able to lead the Republican conference? I don't know. I mean, you know, you, you like you they said what there was like eighteen districts that that Biden won mm-hmm. that, that you got the rhinos in and everything. It, it's going to be a challenge for anybody. But something, and I've always said this, something needs to shake up the system, mm-hmm. and, and this might be the one cherry bomb that did it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that, that's one reason why I like Trump. I mean, I didn't. You know, his personalities and everything and the way he presented himself to to America was not, in my opinion, his his uh, best way to achieve the soccer mom votes and, and the independence. No, it didn't but get him I, at all. Yeah. Yeah. But I love his policy. I mean, take his personality. I, I love his policy. You, you are a small business, and you and you spend and about uh, probably this last year, I spent about fourteen thousand dollars, fifteen thousand dollars more on just things that run my business. Yeah, and, and I mean, you know, it's just it's a simple fact that if you uh, if you vote emotionally on these ludicrous Green New Deals and and things like that, mm-hmm. you're going to end up bankrupting the country yeah i went over it yesterday the the interest rates now at four and a half percent uh we're, we're going to run 120 trillion dollar deficits within 30 years yeah it's unsustainable but so i, I got to point out you know that like that was there was a lot a large part of that the deficit spending and the printing of the money that happened not just under the republican house but for two years when the republican house was also with the republican president donald trump so doesn't yeah. that impact your your small business as well? The same, I mean, if that's the cause of all of the inflation, or a lot of the inflation, is the re- uh, the profligate spending? Wouldn't that be attached? Well, that's that's true. But you got to factor in COVID. 
I, I mean, that is... I, I am. Uh, once in a hundred year mm-hmm. uh, pandemic mm-hmm. and everything, and it, it should have never shut down businesses. I, I, I mean, uh, we should have went the way DeSantis did, and, and you know, all these... The, the teacher unions, too, man. I, I can't believe that these teacher unions... I mean, they give a lot of money to these Democrats mm-hmm. and everything, but they they control a lot of these policies. Mm-hmm. Well, everything. the well, but remember the. I mean, th- this was Fauci and Deborah Burks, right? That was yeah, yeah. So I mean, they and the CDC. These were the guidelines that the states were following and gave them cover, and all of that stuff came from the federal level, and they won awards for it. So uh, anyway, yeah, I appreciate the call, Ralph. I got to run. I got to go check on traffic, but thank you for the call. Uh, uh, thanks for making it. The phone number seven zero four. 570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. All right, you may have noticed that I've been helping the Alzheimer's Association of Western North Carolina for a while, and it's a great organization. they got awesome people with huge hearts. My grandfather died of Alzheimer's when I was a kid, and back then there wasn't a lot of support for caregivers and family. Now, things are different today thanks to the work of the Alzheimer's Association. It's why I support them. Every year we do a series of walks all over the country, There are a bunch in the Carolinas. You can go to alz.org slash walk for a walk to end Alzheimer's near you. This month, there are walks in Hendersonville, Rock Hill, Mooresville, Greenville. And in October, we got Charlotte, Gastonia, Asheville, Kannapolis, Hickory, and Spartanburg. Go to alz.org for all of the dates and locations. We're closer than ever to stopping Alzheimer's, and we're asking if you can help us get there. Will you walk with me for a different future for families? For more time, for treatments, this is why we walk. Lawmakers who had been sitting in stunned silence gasped at the declaration. The office of Speaker, quote, is hereby declared vacant. For the first time ever, a House Speaker had been voted out of the position. By the way, afterwards, walking down the halls, you could hear Democrats and their staffers in their offices Cheering, laughing, celebrating. Um, where the House goes from here, no one can say, writes the Associated Press. Tempers are red hot in Washington and across the political aisle. Relationships endangered but crucial in times of crisis have all but collapsed. One of the things you always need to keep in mind about politics is that it is about relationships. Politics is about relationships. Right, the art of the possible. What what can we do? What can get done? The House faces pressing questions. Oh, and by the way, just to take it another step further in what politics is, it's the last step before violence. There are a lot of people I've noticed over the years. A lot of people are super interested in uh, conveying a message that they want the violence because they believe it won't touch them or that they will emerge victorious in whatever violence. Um, I find that to be uh, very short-sighted, arrogant, because you don't know that. You have no idea. No one does. That's part of the that's part of the problem with violence. Is it could go any way. You know, right? The first casualty of war is well, truth, right? And the battle plan. Plans go up in smoke because stuff changes. You can only plan for you know so many things, and stuff happens you didn't even consider. But that's the, I mean, that's the whole point when you're ordering a society. And by the way, part of the uh, part of the ability to interact with one another in a 
in a rational and civil society is the expectation that we all have to live here, right? If we all, right, if you never have to see the people ever again, I guess it sort of opens your uh, inhibitions, your the floodgates just for all sorts of animus. Because you don't think you're ever going to see this person. You're just typing at them on FaceTube or something, you know? So if you're coming from the position that we all have to live here and we all need to have an ordered society to some degree in order to promote the general welfare, in order to provide people with this modicum of a level of security so uh, you know free enterprise and commerce can exist, so we can live as harmoniously as possible and we settle our differences via court system, uh, the court system and the, the legislative bodies, right? That this is the way we're supposed to do things, right? If you believe that, then, then you try to work within the framework of these systems. You try to change the framework of these systems. You don't try to change them via violence. This has been the conservative message, by the way. This has been sort of one of the, one of the pillars in the conservative philosophy, it's right there in the word, conserve, you know. Um, the left, not so much, right? The left are, I've called them, temporary anarchists because they're not permanent anarchists. They're not interested in having a, an, an anarchical system forever, right? They just want a little bit of anarchy for a brief period of time until they take control, and then they usually go full authoritarian because that's leftism. You know, it's a different philosophy, one I strongly object to and oppose. And there are a lot of people, I understand, that think we're already there. I would submit yesterday's vote would indicate no, we're not, because they took a vote and the the guy who lost exited stage right, right? So the rules are still working in the House. So I would submit that's, that's a good sign. Rules were followed, right? Motion to vacate. They went through a procedure. Everybody followed the rules. People were not happy about it, but no violence ensued. And that's what politics is supposed to be about. That's supposed to be why we have it. It's talking rather than fighting. The House faces pressing questions now. Don't know how they're going to get answered, right? We'll see. And by the way, anybody who tells you they know what's going to happen on this, they don't know. Everyone's just guessing. This is uncharted territory. Let's go back to the phone lines here. JR, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing good, Pete. I hope you're doing well. Yes, sir. I your show. Thank you, sir. Um, you know, a lot of I think a lot of Republicans are questioning whether or not that was the right thing to do to ouster uh, Speaker McCarthy. And I think you know, if you look at the numbers as a Republican, two hundred and eight of two hundred and eight Democrats voted to do it. Mm-hmm. Eight of two hundred and sixteen. Republicans voted to do it, which is less than 4% of the Republican conference. Um, as a Republican, to me, that that maybe should have been a little bit of a red flag. I'm like, mm, I'm not so sure we should do this. I mean, if you get 208 Democrats to vote for something out of 208, it, to me, that raises a red flag anytime. Mm-hmm. Right and uh, the right the and the argument that Matt Gates made and his seven fellow Republicans that joined every single Democrat. I mean, I know why the Democrats did it. 
right? I mean, and, and I'll go through their reasons uh, probably in, yeah, in a bit, but the, I know why they did it. Uh, the eight Republicans that did it, they, uh, they had different reasons that they stated. Um, but one of the big ones was that they felt betrayed by McCarthy on the short-term spending bill, right, that he dropped over the weekend, and he and you got all these Democrats that signed on to it. And even then, there were like 90-something Republicans that signed on to it. Um, and so that was a massively bipartisan bill. Now, you could not like it, I could not like it, but whatever. You know, that was a—but he had the entire Democrat caucus, and he had about half of the Republican conference— and for that, that he was deemed to be uh, too close to the Democrats. But then Gates and the seven other Republicans that did the motion to vacate, they then align with all of those same 208 Democrats. And that's why I mean, I, like, I fail to understand what makes somebody a rhino if the ends justifies the means here, which it kind of sounds like it does, like they had to deal with the Democrats in order to get what they wanted. Well, then why wouldn't that same standard apply for McCarthy? Uh, and I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to give people the benefit of the doubt here, but some of their comments and actions are not, uh, they're not consistent. So, I'm, I'm with you, sir. Yeah, JR, appreciate the call, buddy. Thanks so much. Thank you. All right, take care. Um, yeah, it's, it, like I said, I'm not, I'm not, I am not here to, you know, stick a knife in any of them figuratively, rhetorically speaking, right? I'm not here to do that to any of these people who, again, I'm trying to give benefit of the doubt that they did this for legitimate, you know, conscientious reasons. But I look at the way the votes spread out and I look at the statements from the various people, a lot of whom were, um, were against McCarthy being named speaker in the first place. And they got all these concessions, right? And they get the concessions. And now they're working inside of it. You got Thomas Massey up there. Massey is against it. And that guy's voted for motions to vacate in prior uh, efforts. So, so what now? According to the Associated Press, the House faces pressing questions on how to avert a government shutdown because the clock is running. The deal they did over the weekend was only like a 45-day spending bill. Whether to continue to fund Ukraine's defense against the Russian invasion, which, by the way, Democrats might not have thought this thing all the way through on that matter (laughs) because they're all in on the Ukraine funding, and I don't think that's happening. Unless, of course, Democrats are able to get some of those swing district Republicans to vote for Hakeem Jeffries. Wouldn't that be a kick in the teeth, huh? Man, that would be uh, that would be hilarious, wouldn't it? Put the Democrats in charge of the House. That could happen. I don't know if it's going to happen, but it could happen. Because you got 208 Democrats, they will vote in lockstep together, and all they'll need to do is peel away 7 Eight, right? That's it. And you got, I don't know, almost three times as many districts that are swing districts that went for Biden but have a Republican congressman in them. And those people are very worried. You got a bunch of others that went for Trump but are very, very close. They're still swing districts. So there's like, I don't know, a couple dozen, three dozen districts that we're talking about. You offer them enough stuff, you know, politics being transactional for Democrats by and large. You give them stuff. Maybe they go along with you and they put Hakeem Jeffries in there. You get some 
some prized uh, uh, committee assignments or chairmanships or co-chairmanships or something. That's possible. Um, what else? The uh, Oh, yeah, uh, the impeachment inquiry. That might be done. That could be. I don't know if it is or not. I hope it's not. That could be done, though. Procedural weapons Congress once reserved for the most dire offenses, like censure, expulsion, impeachment, and now the motion to vacate the Speaker's chair, have become common. Yeah. Thank you, Democrats, for that. Because they're, I mean, this is why these things are being employed right now. I mean, the motion to vacate, that's been a Republican on Republican, you know, a little hot R-on-R action going on there. That's, that's been the case in the, all the times it's been tried. I'm not even aware of a time when a motion to vacate has ever been done by the Democrats. It's always the Republicans going after their own. But, um, yeah, the, uh, yeah, the censure. Remember that? The censure of Marjorie Taylor Greene, right? Expulsion. They've been hammering away at expelling members of Congress. Impeachment. They did that to Trump twice. So, you know, the Associated Press, uh, press, uh, lamenting about the 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 norms that we are now, the standards that we are now living under. Uh, you know, again, I'm not the softest shoulder to cry on there, because the Democrats have been sowing this field for a while. A lot of Republicans left in a state of total exasperation, having begged their colleagues not to follow through. In the end, they united around Democratic leader Hakeem Jeffries, the Democrats did, and decided to wash their hands of what they cast as a Republican problem. Jamie Raskin said Kevin McCarthy brought this madness upon himself. He pointed how McCarthy had agreed to allow any one member to bring the motion to vacate as part of a deal with right-wing lawmakers to win the Speaker's gavel back in January. Quote, there seems to be a major political party now addicted to insurrection, rebellion, overthrow, and not to governance. By the way, McCarthy suggested that he might be using his fundraising and political clout to target the Republicans that targeted him. Which I'm as shocked as you are to learn that my actions might have ramifications. (laughs) Who had any idea that that would happen? Now, that's what Raskin says is the reason why Democrats are like washing their hands of it. It's, it's not that high-minded. It, it is not that morally superior. It's because McCarthy wouldn't cut them in on deals. Right? McCarthy didn't give them anything. And by the way, that's what Gates was counting on. Matt Gates was counting on Kevin McCarthy to cut another deal with Democrats so he could keep hammering McCarthy as in bed with Democrats, as the uniparty, because that's Matt Gates's brand right now. And he's going to run for governor. So that's what he's hammering away on. And so he tried to jam up McCarthy, make him run to the Democrats in order to save his speakership, make him concede things over to the Democrats, make him cut deals. And then Gates gets what he wants, which is lots more, you know, sound bites and talking points and the like. McCarthy gets what he wants, which is to stay as the speaker. And Democrats get what they want, which is a bunch of concessions, a bunch of deals, except McCarthy doesn't take the bait. So Matt Gates caught the car, right? the dog chasing the car. He caught it. Now what? Well, I hope somebody steps up. That's what he said. Hope somebody, hope somebody can replace him. Yeah, Matt. Yeah, Matt. Don't, don't all Republicans. Now let's see if we can actually figure out who that might be. 
Hey, so real quick, hurricane season is here, and this is your reminder to check your emergency supplies. You should have a three-day supply of food, water, and medicines, minimum. And Carolina Readiness Supply can help you get started or expand your supply. Food, water purifiers, lighting, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, camping and hiking supplies too, because being prepared is just smart. Carolina Readiness Supply has 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials that you can use for any kind of emergency. Whether you're an experienced prepper or you have no clue what you're doing, or maybe you're somewhere in between, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you. In Waynesville and always at carolinareadiness.com. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? Let's get Tucker on the program. Hello, Tucker. How are you? Welcome to the show. I'm doing fine, Pete. How you doing today? Hey, I'm all right, man. What's going on? Uh, well, I was just wondering, you know, McCarthy had to make a deal where uh, one representative could make a motion to vacate. Will that stay with uh, along with the new uh, speaker, whoever they choose, or will they make new rules as they come in? I assume they'll make new rules because that was the deal that he cut in order to get the seat. Now, maybe... A new speaker has to cut a similar deal, but I don't know. Well, yeah, uh, it is a little worrisome uh, as, as you know whoever ends up in there. So I hope to make it relatively easy to. Yeah, no, I right, and I wonder will the uh, the people who were against McCarthy last time were uh, in the original speaker vote. And their demand for concessions and the like, I wonder if they run Jim Jordan, they support Jim Jordan, are they going to allow concessions from the the more moderate Republicans? Right, this, yeah, I mean, this is the problem when you have this kind of a coalition. The problem is, it, it is the coalition, all right? And I'm going to get into that later on in the program as well. Tucker, I appreciate the call, but yeah, there's nothing that uh, that says they have to... There's nothing that there's nothing that uh, there's nothing that requires them to keep a one vote seat. That's what it historically was, but it got blown up by Nancy Pelosi resetting the norms because she knew how to keep her caucus in line. So Kevin McCarthy was just hours uh, after he um, helped to shepherd through a stopgap spending bill with bipartisan support, right? That angered Matt Gates and all of that. He then went on to a CBS News interview, and he destroyed any chance that he had in keeping his job as speaker. You know why? Because he blamed Democrats for the near failure of the legislation. He goes on CBS, and he attacks Democrats. He said, quote, I wasn't sure it was going to pass. You want to know why? Because the Democrats tried to do everything they can not to let it pass. And that was true, by the way, right? That was true. Do you remember this? This was the uh, this was the floor speech from Representative Jamal Bowman. Oh wait, no, sorry. Hang on, sorry. That was the that's the fire alarm. Sorry. I mean, it's kind of like Jamal Bowman, right? They were doing everything they could to try to prevent that from uh, that bill from coming to the floor, and then they ended up voting for it because they got jammed up because McCarthy jammed them up. How did he do that? He jammed him up by taking out like, the Ukraine fund. He came out, right? But then he also said relief funding is in for natural disasters and stuff. And they needed that money in their home districts. So they got jammed up. Several, quote, centrist Democrats, according to Business Insider, 
could have been inclined to back McCarthy or just to vote present. If the Democrats had just voted present and just not weighed in on it, he would have survived. But they wanted some concessions. They got greedy. So they went to him. They're like, give us some stuff. And McCarthy was like, I'm not entertaining any major concessions from the minority party. And then the interview. And then they were like, and you went to Mar-a-Lago and talked with Trump, too. And that was like, that's it. We're done. We're not supporting him. And Gates was banking on Democrats supporting him. And then they and then he gambled wrong.